0: You're listening to Women Making Waves.
1: Susie, you're into your winter sports. You like your skiing and whatnot, don't you? Mm, I do, Mm -hmm. yes. So how do you fancy lying on a tree, going head first
2: down a very fast icy rink? Oh, I could do it. Not, actually. I would <laughs> never be able to do that. I think Georgina Shoshana-Cohen is an incredibly brave lady. We had a really lovely time talking to her, did we not? Yes, we did. And she's really into the sport, isn't she? It's called skeleton and it's effectively lying on, an, on a tray going down these rinks at... Brickneck speeds. And she's absolutely dedicated to this sport, isn't she?
1: She is, and she's hoping
2: to compete in the Winter Olympics in Beijing in 2022. She is an amazing lady, and we hope you really enjoy this interview that Linda Ness and I, Susie Thorpe, did with Georgina Shoshana cohen
0: fastest, trickiest track in the whole world, which is Whistler in Canada, home to the 2010 Vancouver Olympics. Yep, so reaching speeds, I think my top one I ever reached was 133.8 kilometres an hour, which is approximately 85 miles an hour. Today we meet Georgina Shoshana Cohen,
2: who is an online communications officer for Cambridge Judge Business School. Her other role is an international skeleton athlete competing for Israel, and her mission is to become the first ever female skeleton athlete to qualify for the Winter Olympics, and her target is Beijing 2020. Georgina was the first female to compete in the World Championships for Israel. Welcome to Women Making Waves, Georgina. Hello. Hello. Very nice to have you here. How did you get to be a skeleton athlete?
0: Oh, well, (laughs) this is probably the most fun part of the story. It was my dad who introduced me to the ice sports. (laughs) At the age of 50, he decided that it would be a great idea to take up bobsleigh. If you think cool runnings, um, it's when there's an ice track and people run, you're either two man or four man, run as fast as they can and jump in this rocket kind of thing and Throw themselves down an ice track, and my dad started doing this at 50 years old. I went along to watch him one day uh, in Norway in Lillehammer. I kind of got inspired, I guess, by the sports, met some amazing people, and a couple of years later, I was offered to get on a sled in 2014. That was the first time I had a go. My dad knew the forces very well um skeleton is bobsleigh's sister sport uh, it's the one where you instead of going down the rocket you go down on a tea tray and headfirst with your face inches off the ice. And one of his friends from the circuit was a coach and said, we've got a spare sled for a week. Um, He coached the Navy skeleton team and um, I had a go and I was instantly hooked. And then they invited me back like the following year and and they kind of adopted me for a few years and I got really close with the forces teams.
2: How did you become so instantly hooked? What was so appealing about it?
0: Oh, goodness. So so much to skeleton. I think the first time you ever do it I've never felt so much fear in my life. It kind of hit me just before my coach said, like, it's time to get on the sled. And I had to climb over this ice wall into this ice track that's concrete. You know, it's so hard. And I walk the track and have a look at it. And they say, "Okay, you're going to be up here, like, three or four metres on the the flat of this wall. Like, you know, going round this corner at 60 miles an hour. I think that that suddenly hit me as I was told, just lie down and then I thought well I've not had a go at this you can't stop but then I did it let go and the sensation of speed and almost having to let go of control was absolutely amazing and then I finished in this 40 seconds because you only go from like corner four the first time you do it you still hit about 50 or 60 miles an hour but going up the finishing straight where it slows you down you eventually come to a stop you just get this huge adrenaline burst and obviously I had some of my friends waiting at the bottom and having such a good experience that first week with the camaraderie and everything with the Royal Davis Skeleton team was probably what pushed me to keep going and having that invite to go back and to be a part of that team so I just kind of progressed as an amateur and year before last I bought my own kit which enabled me to kind of start doing it more as a solo athlete and then Last season, I was recruited by Team Israel.
1: And those those skeletons, the, the actual kit that you have, the tea tree, as they call <laughs> it, <laughs> that was quite an expensive piece of kit, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, the ske- they're quite hard to get hold of. They're you know, only a few, I guess, brands in the world. And mine's an en- entry-level competition sled. And that set me back 6K, I think, the beginning of last season. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, it's, it's made of you know, the outside's fibreglass and then inside you've got, um, it's nicknamed the skeleton, well it's called a skeleton, nicknamed a tea tray, because of the inside of the sled looks a little bit like a skeleton. So you have plates inside that look like shoulder blades and hip paddles where you steer with your shoulders and your knees. The middle part, there's a saddle, so basically two pieces of metal come up and like kind of case around the middle and that's how you kind of grip onto the sled. It kind of holds you in, and you hold on to it as you're going down. That looks a bit like a rib cage, so hence the name skeleton. And not a break in sight. <laughs> no, <laughs> nope. O- the only thing that you think about is how do I go faster? So even the tape is aerodynamic that we use. <laughs> so yeah. Just
2: thinking about going headfirst down an ice track. Do you do you close your eyes when you go down? <laughs> well, <laughs> That's you would do, Susie. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yep. I just
0: wish and hope something <laughs> happens at the end. Uh, yeah, I have done before. Um, <laughs> you're not supposed to, um, <laughs> but um so generally you don't like tend to get into trouble. So you're obviously you're supposed to keep your eyes open. Where you look can help you steer a little bit. So every movement of your head can help change the airflow which is all about aerodynamics and like kind of looking where you're going is really critical but not only just so you can see where you're going but like to try and help direct you you do hit a wall occasionally and like get into some hairy situations and I think that you do close your eyes a little bit but it's not recommended (laughs) <laughs> and
1: when presumably you have fallen off a few times Is that a horrible experience?
0: Oh dear I think that the fear of falling off is worse than actually falling off for sure I think every time I've fallen off It's because I've done something really silly first time I ever came off was on a really, really difficult track I did it in one of the easiest corners. I was like, how did that happen? But yeah, like this year, um, like progressively it's got a lot less. So that's really good. And one of the things when you fall off actually is uh, you're not supposed to let go of your sled because it's more more dangerous to let go of it than to hold on to it. Yes, it hurts a bit. You get bruised, but you just kind of slide around a couple of corners on your belly and then
2: stop. We established that when you were younger that you played football in primary school, you've done boxing. Yeah. You go against all the stereotypical moments for women, which is fantastic. It really is in your blood, isn't it, sport? Yeah. So when you tested out skeleton, I suppose it was the most natural thing for you to do because you loved it.
0: Yeah. Well, I think I do like adrenaline sports, I guess. That's probably you like speed thing. as well. I do like speed.
2: Now, at the moment, you lead a double life. You work at the Josh Business School and yep. then after work... When yeah. do you start your training?
0: You'll find me in the gym after work me <laughs> pretty much every day. So we do I do strength and conditioning a couple of times a week and then so that's like lifting weights in the gym and trying to improve my explosive power. All of that then goes towards the start. So that's summer training and then I do a couple of sprint sessions a week too. And then obviously in winter I aim to go abroad and to to slide. But as for things like diet as well, it's really critical to look at. Um, it's something that I want to progress more with. So when I was out in Whistler for my training stint in January through to March, you know, I got a chance to be really close to other professional athletes. And that's something that, you know, whilst I can't have gluten or dairy, whilst I like them, they don't like me. It, you know, my diet's generally genuinely very healthy. And you know, I've, I've done a lot to make sure that I'm the best athlete that I can be.
2: The life of an athlete is really important to follow a certain diet, isn't it? Yes. I mean, it's almost as equal as, as the training, the physical training yes. that you do. Yeah. And it's really, it's very important now because of all the doping st- yeah. testings that have. You have to be really on it.
0: So, um, for instance, I can't just nip down to the pharmacy and buy some Lemsip because, you know, it's, it's classed as like a performance enhancer. Um, so you do have to check out what's on like the legal drugs list and i buy all my all of my supplements um from specific websites that are certified so that you you don't get caught out.
1: Do you know what, on social media I love the fact that you're using hashtags like mm. um, fast and female Ooh, and um, women in sport <laughs> and things. Oh, that's great actually because you're really advocating yeah. women in sport, aren't you?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think that um, one of my goals as an athlete, like whilst I'm competing and training for this huge dream is that like I do want to be part of the changing perceptions of women in sport. Things are changing in the right direction like i go to the gym and i lift heavy weights and i think that that there is still kind of some stigma against it and that like girls shouldn't lift weights and things or what's perceived as a woman's sport versus a man's sport and that works
2: both ways have you experienced the sort of resistance to women doing certain sports or doing weightlifting weightlifting or or
0: so i think that it's more the perception of what it is so I, boxing's a really good example it's like I've I had so many comments of why are you doing boxing like you've got a nice nose or like you, you don't want to mess up your pretty face and it's oh that's that's not cool <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> skeleton, I think, is quite a gender-neutral sport and I do really like that and one of the positive things that have happened recently is that previously it was, on, for the Olympics, were 30 men's spot and 20 women's spot but they're changing it for the 2022 Olympics so that it's equal. So, it's 25 men's spots, 25 women's spots and, you know, I think that's a really good step in the right direction. Are you brave, do you think,
2: oh, Georgie? Do you think you're very brave? I brave
0: mean, or stupid? No. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, would,
2: I, I would answer your question and say you're extremely brave. But do you, just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Would you perceive yourself as being brave?
0: I think that before I did Skeleton, no. You know, for instance, I don't really like roller coasters or things like that. I think that with Skeleton is a huge element of mental challenge and getting to the start line and you're staring down this track that's going to take you for an absolute ride and you're going to try and get down and You've you've studied it, you've practiced you've you've done everything that you can you've got to go and try and execute everything within inches on ice hitting speeds of 80 miles an hour and i think that the kind of preparation that's gone into that so uh, yeah the answer is absolutely yes like and i will keep pushing myself you know you come across challenges that are surprising and you, ha- you just have to take it on and do it and get over it. And your
1: family, we've already ascertained that your dad's obviously very sporty because uh, he's into bobsleigh. Is it a thing in your family? Have you a history of, of your family being really interested in sport?
0: Yes, yeah, so I think that you know, throughout my whole family we all love sports. So I've grown up with my mum horse riding. My granddad on my dad's side, he was Jewish and they lived in India at the time and he competed in the Indian hockey team. And he qualified for the Olympics, and he was going to be going. But they were in Berlin during Hitler's time, mm-hmm. and the Indian hockey team—they didn't let him go mm-hmm. because of the dangers there were to Jewish people at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I—that's th- that's very
1: understandable, actually. They were probably doing him a huge favor, really. Yeah.
0: So he he did contest it, and he really wanted to go. But the the end result was that he didn't get to go, which was very sad for him. The suit that you have to wear for. Your
2: skeleton outfit—how tight or how uncomfortable is it? Because it looks uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. So uh, my superhero suit. um, Superhero? Is that what you (laughs) call it? I love it. The the, the actual name of the style is called the Avenger. So (laughs) first time I got into it, it was a bit like it was a bit of me jumping up and down in the living room, hoping it was going to fit. But then it did fit perfectly and I think that there's such a cool feeling like a nice feeling when you get into a race suit because you have your training suit you just feel fast the suit's not very thick so if you hit the wall like mm. it, it does hurt and you do get ice burn but it does take kind of it, it's all aerodynamic every single thing that goes into skeleton you have to see is it going to make me faster some of the suits that go that people wear are so highly engineered the one that I, I wear is as well but at the moment i haven't got a suit that is like specifically fitted for me you know that's on my shopping list is it difficult to go to the loo when you wear wearing that <laughs> oh yeah you definitely go to go before you get changed um you know i always have like a very good routine of like you know going doing my warm up but you know going to the bathroom before putting on my suit is always on the list <laughs>
1: You are looking for sponsorship at the moment aren't you because you are trying to get into the Olympics the 2022 yes. Olympics.
0: Yeah. Gerson is formula it's nicknamed Formula 1 on ice. So it's definitely not a cheap sport. The investment in the equipment that you can put into it is going to help you like so far I've self-funded but I think that the most important thing that I can give myself over this next season is time, time on the ice, time to train and to really like dedicate and commit to the sport. I was being so lucky so far that the business school have been extremely supportive of me. Taking all my annual leave um to compete in the European Cup last year. But whilst I was working out there I was working online and I've been, I've been really, really lucky to have that opportunity. I think that the road to Beijing twenty twenty two is, you know, just getting started. We've achieved so much so far but you know sponsorship will enable me to afford the right support the right equipment ability to dedicate as a full-time athlete and to invest in competitive advantages so sled development, new technologies and private coaching so these are all things that at the moment I don't have access to and costs on season on the ice so track fees and training but also off the ice during summer to be able to train and and concentrate on being Georgie the athlete is is exactly kind of what it would go towards. I'm looking now for corporate sponsors and individuals who might be interested in supporting me on the journey
2: Lizzie Arnold recently had her tea tray, which is what you use in skeleton. Yes. she had it made by the F1 team McLaren. Yes. If you had an opportunity to have a tea tray made for you, which team would you Ooh. choose? Oh,
0: which one would I choose? Ferrari, just because it sounds fast. Yeah. <laughs> Ferrari <train. laughs>
2: nothing better.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think that's a really
2: good answer. So if Ferrari's listening, yep. we hope that they're going to come. I'm going, going to hashtag them, I won't do yeah. it now. But if Can they are have the blue one? <laughs> What, not pink? (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, this is fantastic. Georgina Shoshana-Cohen, thank you very much indeed. Skeleton athlete, Mm. we hope you do fantastically well. (laughs) The next five years, ten years. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. It's been great to chat. That was Georgina Shoshana-Cohen talking to Linda Ness and I, Susie Thorpe.